Hey everyone, welcome to Sir Inc.'s The Experience Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything kink. We only cater to adults 18 and above. So remember, this podcast is not safe for work, as we like to say, NSF. Remember, you can always listen to us during your private time. Hello, kinky and kink curious folk out there. My name is Sir Inc. And today, well, today on this podcast, I'm going to discuss with you I'm going to discuss on this podcast midlife crisis and um, maybe for those who have passed it, understand this, those who are in it will definitely understand this and for those who haven't hit it yet, you're too young to know, you always hear about it, I'm here to discuss it with you. So what does midlife crisis look like and why? And I think a midlife crisis is when you come to the realization of what your ceiling is. And when you hit that ceiling, it's in many ways. It could be uh, financially, physically, um, emotionally, and that ceiling though is there, you can push it higher in many ways. Financially, the financial ceiling that you hit, you can always do something to make more money. Uh, that emotional ceiling that you hit, I mean, you know, well, that that is something that you have to work on, but you can push it up. And that physical ceiling, pretty much you are what you are. And by this age, you might have some physical ailments, maybe some sort of the you know uh, chronic illness. But even on a physical level, you can improve your physical condition. You can push that ceiling higher, or at least maintain where it's at, right? And I think where crisis comes in is when you either do not have the capabilities to improve it, like your financial uh, means. Uh, maybe you don't have enough education. Um, and, and that means you have to go back to get more education. But maybe at the moment you don't have education. And maybe you don't have the motivation to, to, to get yourself um together physically to make it so your physical condition better or to maintain where it's at uh, maybe chronic illnesses have um ha are, have put you in a way where or even some mental disabilities have put you in a position where you can't really elevate in that area and emotionally maybe you've reached a point where you can't do much more you can't love more you can't hate more you can't um, have more compassion, maybe your life's traumas and your experiences have led you to a place where you're just like, this is where I'm at and I'm not budging off of this, this stance mentally. All those things 
to me from what I see from people or where crisis comes in. And crisis looks very different, right? When we hear crisis, you think about people running around and like pandemonium, chaos, but it's not. Crisis can look like someone emotionally shutting down. You know, someone that was a party guard becomes like a, rec a recluse. Uh, a crisis can look like, I know I need to improve on my health, but I'm just going to keep eating fast food. I'm going to keep doing doing things, alcohol, drugs, or whatever like that, that's going to worsen my physical condition. And financially, you already know, I think financial crisis is there for everybody. You know, one time a multimillionaire once said to me, the funny thing about money is when you don't have it, you worry about getting it. And then when you get it, you worry about not losing it. He said, but either way, you're worried. He said, so the position to take is the position of not being worried. And that's where you can have success, no matter what level you're on. And so I think life gets in a way where it, it puts you, your choices, your your life path has put you in a position that maybe is not favorable to what you thought it should be. And that's where you can either go to a crisis mode or you can go into action mode. And I think a lot of people just go into a crisis mode. And like I said, a crisis can look like a shutdown. It could look like hot girl summer at 40, 50 years old. Or it can look like, you know, heavy drug use. Like I said, it can, crisis can look like a lot of different things, but it's not like people running with their, with their hair on fire, okay? Crisis is deep. It's very deep. And a lot is made about mental mental illness and, and things of that nature. And I think what happens, and I had this conversation with Angie from the Tool for the Shit podcast, it's being able to look at your life in decades. So now that I'm approaching 50, I can look at my 40s, I can look at my 30s, and I can look back at my 20s. As a teenager, I have those memories, but I cannot identify with who I was in my teens. Who I was in my 20s, I, I've recognized, and I can draw comparisons. And I, I can also see myself at 20 because I have a son that's 27, so a lot of myself is in him, so I see it. I see the way that, the way he moves, the way he lives. I can see comparisons to my life, to his life. I exactly know who I was in my 30s. I can relate to that person because that's when a great change came about in my life, as far as being married, family, things of that nature. Uh, in 40, there was another change when I decided this is who I was, this is where I, this is what I want out of life, and I'm going for it. And either you with me, 
or you're not, either way, I'm good. If you're rolling the way I'm rolling, then let's go. If you're not, holla back. It's, it's no big deal, right? If you're against me, you just give me something to aim at. That's fine. But that's where I see a lot of my own friends and clients and people around me going to crisis. And crisis looks different for everybody. I've seen party goers turn into recluse. I've seen recluse go into full party mode because now they spent their life basically as a loner, but now they're older and feel like they're, they're missing something. And so they're chasing thrills, they're chasing excitement, they're chasing that kind of stuff. Uh, the old man, the club kind of thing, right? Like they, they just can't get enough. And, uh, and some of it is, is in, in crisis, Though we think crisis, crises are bad, not all the time. Not all the time, as I was taught through different spiritual paths and things of that nature. Oh, crises are good. Crises are good because they reveal your true character. Crisis and problems make you better or keep you where you are. And so it's just like a video game. How many, how long do you plan and how many lives are you gonna spend on one level before you understand? Like Pitfall Harry, I gotta swing over the alligators, right? I, you know, I gotta swing over the, <laughs> I gotta swing over the mud trap. I gotta jump on that back of the alligator, not his mouth, you know, and I gotta rescue the girl. And so, you know, we, we, we have to understand what crisis look like. We have to understand what crisis look like for the people around us and, and how we manage our crisis and how we manage people in our lives who are going through crisis. And please forgive me if I'm a little all over the place with this because this is just, today is a realization that I need to speak on this because I see it a lot. And I'm at the age to be able to understand where it is people are at. And for many people that cross that 40 threshold begins a time of realizing what your ceiling really is. So like for a man, I've heard guys that have a woman, they're not really setting any agenda for it, no path for it, but they think they're cool, they think they got it, they really don't, then things change. And then, you know, but but in the change, they throwing stuff on top. Oh, I want to be in a poly relationship, or I want this, or I want to do that. And they bring all this stuff about, but they never secure home base. They never secured that woman that's supposed to be the one that he wants to anchor his ship. And he does all this other stuff. I watched it. And I call it the dirty knife syndrome. And what is the dirty knife syndrome? The dirty knife is <laughs> dirty knifers. They're the guys that, for me, have a lady at home, but they come home with a dirty knife. They taking a little poker and poking it about 
all throughout society or the city, whatever like that. Like, they just can't stay at home. And look, I'm a man. I understand men want, you know, sex by multiple partners. I get that. I really do. But there's a responsibility with that. And there's a way to have a clean knife and there's a way to have a dirty knife. And a lot of guys get in a dirty knife game. And a crisis can look like guys that's above 40 or 50 that's still out here like they're 20-year-olds just trying to dirty knife it up. They dirty knife and life up. Like, that's what they live for. And that's sad. Uh, I think, I mean, to each their own, but I think it's quite sad because you lose a lot. You lose a lot along the way, though you think you're gaining. All you gained was, okay, another notch in your belt cool but you also have tied yourself into someone you more than likely have lied to them as well as you're lying to someone at home so now you created all this different these different scenarios which can become more crises on type of your on top of your crises right and you never want to walk to your altar you never want to walk to the altar and you know you get that dreaded if anyone has something to say you know you just waiting Let's see if somebody's going to pull you out the fire and say, don't do it, right? Because you want to, because guys equate getting married with not being able to have sex with other women. That's a whole nother story. But anyway, that really does bring about a crisis with men. Like, I mean, that really does. It is the most ridiculous thing um, and most immature thing I've, I've really talked to men that are getting married. And I'm just talking about, I'm talking about, grown grown men we talking about 45 50 55 60 year old men still struggling with that concept i know that i know someone is sitting there saying like no way like yes grown-ass men are struggling with that part of life still struggling with women even the most player player nice looking dudes that can get any woman don't really have to play the game like that they still out here just knifing them down, lying. And I mean, you know, it is when you're bored and when you're a man that doesn't have many objectives that are like, this is what I want for myself. You know, like this is the life I want. You find yourself floundering around and being in the same game that's the bigger game of life. This is just the man and woman game. We're all here to procreate. Okay, that's the game. That's the main game. But within that, as a man, you understand that you're, you, most guys don't understand this concept, but as a man, your power is in being able to procreate. When you're young, you kind of throw that around. For sure, you're trying to figure shit out and you're trying to have fun and, you know, sex is good, so you want more of it. But as you mature, once you get into your 30s, and certainly when you get into your 40s, you realize that there is no quality and quantity. There is only quantity. And amongst quantity, there's a multitude of problems and troubled people. That's why you try to stay out of those weeds when you get older. Because what happens when you get older, a lot of the women that you're knifing down have hit a wall 
Okay, they've hit a wall. They're not as desirable as they used to be. Therefore, their interactions with men become way more personal. Why? It's because the way society is set up, is set up to devalue women as they get older and value men as we get older. Whether that's right or wrong, I'm not here to debate that. But I'm saying that in this society that we live in, that's what it is. And so we're dealing with them factors. So controlling that and knowing those aspects of the game, do you tell people the truth? This is what it is. This is how I am. This is how I'm rolling. If you roll with me, this is what we do. Or you're just going to lie and continue to, you know, hurt people that do not necessarily, they don't want to be hurt um, per se, but they'd rather be hurt than not feel anything at all. And that's deep. That is very deep. At any rate, crises. So for men, crises are like that. You know, financial crises, guys get in the way and a crisis can be like, well, he's always been a good guy. He's never been into anything, you know, head down, regular job. He's making modest money. And all of a sudden he's selling Coke or he's um, working at a bank and he's doing something illegal with, with money, it's, you know, in the banking system or whatever it is, doing some kind of scam. Stuff like that. For example, there was a guy working at my uncle's job. They work at a university here in Philadelphia. Matter of fact, they work at Penn University. And my uncle said this guy, uh, I guess he worked in maintenance or whatever like that. Every week he would take a case of toilet paper and throw it back by the dumpster or whatever, come back later and get it. And he would take the toilet paper to the bar on the weekend and just sell toilet paper to people, you know, that frequent the bar, sell it to the bar, whatever like that. And eventually, uh, the university had put cameras up and, and caught him stealing. Now, here's the thing. This dude has worked at Penn for well over 20 years. If you work at Penn, no matter if you're a professor or whether you're a maintenance worker, your kids can go to Penn for free. Everybody understands Penn University is one of the most high esteemed universities in the country. And matter of fact, in the world. And once they caught this dude, they told him, you've been working here for over 20 years. We don't know if within this 20 years, if you've been stealing a case of toilet paper every week since you've been here. And we estimate that to be this. So either you pay us what you what you owe us or you forfeit your pension and you lose your job. The man had to forfeit his job and his pension and any ability for his his kids to go to Penn University for free. For context, I want to say to you guys that Penn University on campus probably, and I'm just guessing, is at least 
$40,000 a semester, maybe more, but right now I would guess that it's about 40000 a semester. That's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of opportunity thrown out the window for shit paper. But here's a crisis. If you're making enough money, you don't take those chances, right? And he could have easily tried to work more overtime, do this, do that. But he thought it was easy just to take toilet paper and just sell it at the bar on the weekend. And my uncle looked at him and was like, yo, you lost all that for shit paper. Uh, first of all, a good job where you're really doing nothing. He really wasn't doing nothing. Like, they have people specifically that go around, like maintenance guys that specifically go around changing light bulbs and paying them a good wage. And he and this guy flushed a, a comfy job, a, comfort, a comfy job, at least $20 an hour job, screwing light bulbs, change toilet paper to clean up, and your kids can get it for education at one of the most esteemed colleges in the world. What kind of crisis is he going through? My God. Got other guys, right? I got another story about a guy who was doing training for SEPTA, which is our transportation here at Buses and Trains, called SEPTA here in Southeast public transportation authority here in Philadelphia and it's a guy that was uh was a driver then he ended up becoming a trainer and um well another one of my clients his son worked with this guy and one day one of the trainees said listen um dude has been sending me inappropriate messages and he's saying to me if I go out with him and maybe have sex with him that I don't, you know, he would pass me easy. And so my my client is asking his son, like, well, what, what are you going to do about that? He said, man, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. I'm, I want to be involved in that. He said, okay, you can take that chance if you want to, but if you don't report that and they're, and they're sending you this and telling you this, then you're responsible as well. And if you don't say something, then they're going to look at you like you're involved as well. Well, she hit the fan. And uh, my client's son didn't lose his job, but the other guy certainly did. Now, this is a guy with a wife and two kids living in a nice house in Delaware. And now he has to go home and tell his family that he's lost his job that he's had. I think this guy had been working for well over 12 to 15 years. That's a hell of a crisis. But a crisis that could have been avoided if you just had dick discipline. If you just didn't try to use your poker and dirty it up. Wow. How sex and not controlling your desires can destroy you as a man. It's amazingly horrible. It's horribly amazing. And so, 
crises, a lot of times, are for people that aren't prepared for challenges. As you get older, we know as kids looking at our parents and looking at our grandparents, what happens to us as we get older. We can clearly see what eating certain foods do to us as we get older. Yet, as we get older, we don't veer away from those things. We stay in the path of them. And why? Why is that? And then when you hit this wall, when you realize, geez, I fucked myself, it becomes panic mode. It becomes a crisis. And the problem with a crisis is if you by yourself, fine. You can handle it the way you want to handle it, so on and so forth. But when you have other people involved in your life, that shit looks crazy. And you can hurt yourself and drag other people down with you. And no one knows what you're thinking completely unless you're honest with it. And you have to be honest with it. And when you're honest with it, you have to be honest with what your responsibility in it is. You have to be honest with what your responsibility in it is. There's no getting around this. You're responsible for what, you, what you've done, where you've taken your life, what your health is, what your financial situation is. What your love life is like. Where you are mentally and emotionally. It's, it's all on us. And you can have a healthier lifestyle. You can make more money. You can change your situation because the power is in the now. If you so choose to do so. But even as I stand here at 49. I, there are crises that happen that I am prepared for. There are things that I do not do to avoid certain crises that I know are out there waiting for me. I won't do those things. I don't gravitate toward those things because I know that they'll take me off my path. So when there's something that you have as a marker, like I want to be here in life. I want these things when I get there in life. It's the pursuit of happiness. It is that pursuit that keeps you focused and helps you see crises and avoid them. And the ones you can't, you're prepared to stand 10 toes down and go through them and resolve them. Midlife crises, right? People get to their midlife and start regretting what they should have, would have, could have did. Okay, maybe you held on to somebody too long. This relationship hasn't been good in years. You haven't had sex in years with someone that you live with. Fucking ridiculous. By my standards, which are not yours, but my standards, there's no way I'm living in the same house with someone, sleeping in the same bed, and I'm not fucking them. There needs to be a conversation that takes place that, okay, we can do this sleeping in bed. We can do this being together. You know, hey, look, you got to come to an agreement. Y'all heard me say this before. But part of this agreement has changed based upon your behavior and lack thereof. So I need to figure out how to get myself taken care of in that way. There are many people suffering 
and I mean suffering in relationships from lack of intimacy, male and female. And that's sad. And they take it on the chin because they feel like this is what life is to be married or living with someone. I totally fucking don't agree. But see, a lot of times how your different aspects bleed into the other. Because if you had the money, you wouldn't tolerate the shit. If you had the means to like really survive without that person, to move on without that person, you wouldn't tolerate it. Or you would find a way to have your needs satisfied. That's how this goes. So a lot of people are together because they can't be alone. But they really don't like who they're living with. You know? You know, when the last time... When's the last time they heard... Oh, baby. Yes, daddy. Yes. They don't get that. They're not hearing that. No one's calling them up saying... Baby, I love you. No one. No one's saying. Baby, I love you. It's just, I left your dinner in the microwave. Or, what you making? It's horrible. It's horrible. But these are midlife crises. And people suffer in silence in crises. So, people that are in relationships like that, and they're quiet about it, the suffering in silence because they feel like this is what this is it they've hit that ceiling and we all know someone that's hit a ceiling in their life in some way we all do we all do we all know someone in a relationship that you're like man you should have bailed out of that years ago and you never try to tell people that they should leave someone because you know, I get for better, for worse. You got to ride through certain things, but healthy relationships do not allow things to go dormant too long or things to fester too long. You don't allow your love life to go dormant so long. And you don't allow certain things to fester too long that can erode your relationship. Relationships are best when communication is good. And... What is good communication? Open, honest conversation. It's not that hard. Tough conversations to have, but not that hard. And I get it. It's hard being an adult. Okay? Being an adult is a daily crisis. But you got to live it the best that are honest with it, the best that are motivated, they find their way through crises. They avoid crises when they see them coming. There are certain, like certain neighborhoods or certain streets you don't go down at night. Yeah. It's the same thing with choices in life. Certain choices I won't make, like smoking crack. If I smoke crack, that's going to bring out about a whole other crises in my life. And that crisis is going to affect a lot of people. A lot of people. So, these are my thoughts on midlife crises. 
I want to thank you guys for listening. You know how we do. You can always reach me on Facebook at Sir Inc. Sir Inc. on Instagram. I'm on Linktree now with all my different um, social sites, YouTube. Uh, you can always catch me on kingspace.net. Join the community. We're going to make it better. We're working on it diligently. I want to thank you guys. Peace. That was quite an experience, wasn't it? Tune in again for a fresh release of Sir Inc.'s The Experience Podcast.